Hey y'all, welcome to Eat Drink Social, a podcast about social media influencers and the food and beverage industry. My name is Michael Moeller, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and members of the IPG team. IPG stands for Influencer PR Group and is the division of Go Social. We have offices in Louisville, Kentucky and Denver, Colorado. If you have questions, you can find us at www.ipgagency.com or on social at IPG Agency. Happy to be joined now by Nate Woodruff, a.k.a. Whiskey with a View on Instagram and probably social media everywhere. Uh, Nate is a self-described uh, nomad traveling around the world, North America specifically, in a van uh, with his dog. Uh, and, and you're doing hiking and you're taking pictures of whiskey. And I'm sure you're much more than that, but that's that pretty much sums you up, right? Yeah, it would be a, a pretty accurate blanket statement of kind of what I do, yeah. Awesome. So, you know, you, you started your Instagram as as a journal of sorts. That's where you were rating whiskeys. And this was really before whiskey Instagram was really a, a thing. That's to my understanding. But where where in the world are you right now? Well, right now I am uh, uh, currently in Connecticut. So I have family that lives here. I've just got to get some repairs done on the van. It's been doing a lot of miles on the trip we put on over 25,000 so my uncle owns a shop here so getting some some uh, breaks done and a couple things going on with uh with some supports and whatnot so just getting that done and relaxing and then heading back up into the woods probably going into vermont this weekend nice where or rather when did when did you first start this the, the, the trip, yes. the, the journey, the journey began, I got rid of all of my things and quit my job and left New Jersey in mid February. So that was kind of the beginning point, I guess, of all of it, but it didn't really kick in until after quarantine. So I had to, I'd stayed with family during quarantine for a month and a half before sure. I really started, you know, interstate travel. So tell, tell me about your van. I'm always really curious when people like yourself kind of give up everything and, and go live in a van. I, I imagine that there's a lot of scrutiny about what kind of van that you pick, right? Because you're going to be living in it, you're going to be driving in it, you're going to be using it as shelter. Um, what was that experience like for you? Uh, Nerve-wracking when I was trying to find it. Uh, it was difficult to, right? I, I figured with COVID hitting, that was when I was searching for the van. I figured with that hitting that it would be easier to get vehicles, but apparently everybody had the same idea as me. Um, or got the idea to have something that you know was more mobile to escape. Uh, so it took a while to find it, but I was pretty hell bent on getting a van for gas mileage and you know maneuverability, and then it's got enough room to, to build out. So I got lucky with my '95 Chevy because a lot of the hardware was already built out, so it didn't take too much work to you know take out carpeting and put in my own flooring, my own bed frame and storage and whatnot. Now you have a you have a dog, an Australian Shepherd named Sky, correct? Correct. Does uh, did did you know prior to this that Sky was a good like driving dog? Yeah, yeah. I mean, before this, I've been working in the whiskey industry for seven years. And I've done a lot of travel, and on top of that, on my own time, I'm constantly traveling and and hiking. And so she, from you know, twelve weeks uh, or eleven or twelve weeks old when I rescued her, she's been brought into this lifestyle which which she absolutely loves it would have it would have you know it was just kind of like a really hope because she just seemed like the dog that would love it and sure enough she's a working dog so for her she has the time for life for as my friends like to say she's got the best dog life you can get that's awesome what so when you are um really kind of deep in in the woods uh and on the on the road specifically i guess 
Do you find yourself doing more day hikes or do you pack out and, and go for an overnight trip somewhere and leave the van behind? No, we've, I've done some, some tent camping. Most of it, it's just, uh, it's this one. I, I haven't been able to do as much backpacking as I liked because, uh, just, well, honestly, a lot of forest fires have been yeah. plaguing me the entire summer and I'm not super keen on backpacking through areas where I have no service and no idea what's going on. The smoke is just brutal. So, Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do as much backpacking as possible, but I mean, I, I wasn't that bad a big of a deal just because I outfitted the van to be comfortable sleeping. So I've there have been times where I've stayed at friends' houses instead of taking the sofa or the guest room. I just sleep in the van. It's comfortable. <laughs> right on. Um, you, you mentioned it earlier, but you were you know previously working in whiskey before the, the van life. Um, so what, what was that like? Uh, I mean, I, I loved it. I worked as a brand ambassador from the age of 24 and onward, um, working for various excellent brands, um, all of which I still retain friendships with. Uh, but I just always had this calling to do my own thing. And, you know, brand ambassador is basically kind of a lot of education, a lot of fun stuff, but at the end of the day, it's still a sales job. Um, and so for me, I always really liked being creative and, you know, that's why I started, doing the photography thing and just snapping pictures of bottles, although I had no idea it would lead to where it has today. But um, I, I loved working in the whiskey industry, and I'll maintain my friendships and relationships with people and brands for the foreseeable future. And what does your Vans bar cart look like right now? It depends. Uh, it's mostly bottles uh, that clients have me shooting, so I don't really, you know, obviously don't drink those. Um, and then... Various distilleries I've I've popped by. I've always wanted to graciously give me a bottle or two, so it's it's kind of it kind of rotates. And then any bottle that's given to me, I obviously share with people I meet on the road. So uh, it's uh, other than the, the constant bottles for my clients that I'm shooting, it's it's it rotates quite often. Yeah. So you know, bottles of, of whiskey aren't exactly considered you know ultra light, right? So uh, when you go and take some photos in a really scenic place, how many bottles are you taking with you are you are you taking more like more than just one bottle for a shoot and trying to you know get most most days it's one if one or two um i have gone as high as four before i will never do that again that's too much weight too much clanging too much risk um i did that one time and learned that lesson pretty quickly that i, I just stick to to one or two at most there's really especially if i'm doing you know most of my hikes are six to 12 miles. So, uh, I've, I've strong legs. I haven't had to do leg day at the gym for many years. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, do you prefer mugs or Glen Cairns or, or flasks? Uh, usually I, uh, use Glen Cairns for shoots, but since a lot of these shoots that I'm doing are, are, you know, the bottles are, are to be or remain sealed for aesthetics. Um, I don't generally have any glassware on me and I rarely, the only time I'll ever drink on a hike is if it's like a summit or something that I've set as a, as a big goal as an accomplishment on that. I've, if I have any drinks, it's not till I'm parked and camped out and at night. Yep. That's safe, especially in high altitude. But um, I do use flasks a lot on the road just because it's a lot easier, uh, to clean at night than, you know, polishing out a crystal glass. Totally. Yep. That was actually what, what I was uh, really wondering, like how much, uh, yep. how many dishes you're doing essentially. I try to keep it at a minimum. Most of the food I cook, I can eat by hand just because I'm lazy and I don't want to waste water. But, uh, yeah, usually I keep enough stacked up so that if I do have to do it all at once, 
um, I've just re-upped or, or, you know, occasionally I'll stop at a, at a hotel and they probably question what the hell's going on when moving into a room with gallon jugs and silverware and stuff to wash. Right. But I know no one's really stopped me, so I just keep doing it. That's fair. Um, now, when you are working with multiple uh, spirit brands, um, do you, I mean, do you try to limit yourself to how many you're work with, working with at any given time? Yeah, I, for for me, especially with this journey, obviously the photography is is how I'm making a living, and I'm able to fund this this adventure. Um, but at the same time, this is still my adventure. It's something that I've wanted to do for many many years, and so I I could be, you know, making more money working with more clients, sure. But I I want to be able to take take time and enjoy this, and not feel the urge or strain to constantly be shooting everywhere I go. Some days I just want to. I can not have to take pictures of anything. I just want to enjoy myself. So uh, I do try to limit it to what I can, you know, split my time up well, basically. Nice. I like it. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, you, you started your Instagram account kind of originally as a personal journey of sorts as you go through tasting different whiskeys and, and finding different notes. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, you were one of the first whiskey accounts on, on Instagram, like at least in the you know early days. So do you have any thoughts on, on seeing that specific category and subculture grow on social media? I mean, it's been pretty wild to witness. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there were maybe more, maybe like four or five other, uh, well, just gentlemen at the time, but now obviously a ton of women are blogging about it too. But back then it was just like myself and four other guys that, uh, Instagram was not really used for whiskey. I, I had just used it as, as a journal of sorts and very visually oriented. So if there was a bottle I had and I wanted to remember a little bit of the history or certain notes. I would just scroll back on my feed real quick and find the picture. It was just super convenient. And everybody else back then was blogging. And, uh, you know, social media did what social media does. And it, it, uh, everything now is, everything has a category on Instagram and whiskey just exploded on the market. And then, um, over the years, as I started my style of photography, that became a whole other subculture of whiskey yeah. with thousands of people submitting photos, um, which is one of my favorite things in the world to witness. I don't, I don't view anybody as as competition. I want everyone to be a friend. I, I try to keep everything like if someone else is scoring a big deal with a whiskey brand and doing their photography for them, I God bless them. I I never have taken issue with that. So. Um, but for me, I mean, it's really awesome every single week to just get to look at all these stunning pictures taken all over the world with whiskey bottles. I, I absolutely love it. So actually, what what is what is the Instagram algorithm show you? Are they showing you more, you know, pretty outdoor scenery or whiskey? For me personally? Yeah. Oh, it's basically just whiskey, hiking, and, and dogs. Okay. And random women doing TikTok workout videos. I don't know how they got on my feed, but I feel like Instagram, if you put your gender is male, they just automatically shove those at you. Yeah, they they push it out. Um so I'm I'm somewhat ingrained into the, the beer subculture on the social media side of things. Well, it's than whiskey. It's like that times twenty. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 nuts. Um but I've I've traveled and I've met up with you know, essentially strangers that I only really knew via social media. Have you ever done that with any whiskey people on either a hike or, or maybe at a bar for a drink? Oh, God. I couldn't even tell you how many at this point. Um, I do remember my first time meeting some, someone off the internet, as it were, like a whiskey person. I was so nervous and freaked out. I was like, ah, I'm just going to this guy's house. Like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> and he's actually a very uh, uh, respected person 
brand ambassador. He worked for, for Edrington, but now, now he works for Edrington, but he was one of my first whiskey friends. And to this day, I consider him an absolute mentor. And, and his name is Joe, Joe Grotowski, one of my best friends in the whiskey industry. And uh, it's someone that I can text any day and, his knowledge is incredibly superior to mine. And if I have a question, he usually has an answer to it. And, uh, so I tried to emulate the way that he, I felt comfortable just hanging out, you know, having drinks with a random dude in his house. Uh, so I've met with so many people over the years. I don't even think twice about it. Like if someone's like, Oh yeah, you're on the road. Uh, let's meet up. If, if it works out timing wise, uh, I'll, I'll meet up with pretty much, anybody and there's always that i can always tell if they haven't met with someone before that they're a little apprehensive which is totally natural um but I, i've just forgotten what that feeling is like over the years meeting and especially flying for different you know brands to other countries to around people i've never met before it just you adapt to it very quickly yeah it's funny how social media can connect us all that way i guess yep and then a lot of times you just meet someone like a lot of times it's like, oh, you're, you're just like what you seem like on the internet, which is just more and more common. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that's, that's usually the case. Um, so let's say, you know, you're, you're up on one of those peaks, uh, that you're talking about earlier and it's, it's a gold peak. And maybe you're also doing some photo shoots for a brand, uh, for a client. Um, do you post that day or do you kind of sit on it for a while and stick to a schedule of sorts? I try, I've been trying on this trip to kind of post within several days of a shoot just to kind of like keep a timeline of of where i am accurate if, if you catch my drift mm -hmm. um, but i mean there, yeah there are times where i get a shot and it's kind of early in the day and i just i'm like i'm posting this one right now um but most most of the time i'd say there's a several uh, several day delay just to kind of keep continuity going in the story sure and, and can you describe that sponsorship process i mean how do how sure. do or, or how often do brands reach out to you versus, you know, you just kind of giving them a heads up that you might be on your way to their, you know, distillery or something like that? Well, most, most of the time, just, just from shooting for so many years with so many different brands, people know my name and what I do. So most of the time it's, it's brands reaching out to me either send those. So I kind of, I usually turn those down. Um, but, uh, when it comes to sponsorship, uh, for the road trip, it's just, Brands give me X amount of money each month, and the more money you give me, the more photographs end up in your Dropbox at the end of the year, and more posts are going to pop up on my feed. So I'm not only providing exposure for their brand, but and they get to be part of a really cool story, but they also get physical content every single month as well to use in perpetuity however they see fit. Yeah, and is that content that you might not have posted yourself? Yeah, no. So uh, Some of these brands are receiving stuff that I've not posted. I'm not sure if I ever will. It was just kind of too close to a shoot prior to that. Um, but yeah, no, they, anyone that I work with generally gets more, more con. I want this to be about the content, not so much the exposure because that's my art form and that's what I want people to use. So I'd be, I'm always sure to, to, to be generous whenever possible. That's good. Um, you don't, you don't have to name names, right? But have you ever had any bad sponsorship experiences? And, and if so, how did you handle that? I have, um, I've definitely had my issues with, with, with brands or, or, you know, folks that work for brands. And my thing is I choose my battles wisely. I don't burn bridges. It would, they would, you would have to do something extremely, extremely wrong for me to ever, you know, post about it on social media or bad mouth. But, um, yeah, no, I've definitely had my experiences and worked with companies and brands that I would never work with again or ever recommend anybody work with. So, I mean, I'm, I'm asking for, my, for for selfish reasons here, working for one of those companies that works for, uh, you know, different spirits brands. So uh, what 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 do I 
what does somebody do? What does somebody like me do to rub you the wrong way? Uh, being overly dominant. Oh, that, that's not true. If, if I'm being paid, I want people to get what they want. So the, it's like, I'll have brands say, Oh, we want a specific style of shoot. Like could there be an ocean or, or we, we want specifically a mountain if possible with snow, you know, stuff like that, which is obviously something I work around within reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but now most of the time, if it's a bad experience, it's, Someone, you know, not not paying their invoice on time or at all, or just not communicating that they're they're pleased or displeased, and just it doesn't happen very often because it's very. It, I, I try to do my best for everybody, and but once in a while, just it doesn't work out. But thankfully, compared to the massive amount of amazing work I've done, it's it's trivial to it's absolutely minute the amount of bad experiences I've had, but. It's basic, just basic stuff, just respect communication and, you know, make sure people get paid for what they give you. Yep. Totally fair. Uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but, um, you know, what, what's, what's, what's next for you? I know you said you're going up to Vermont this weekend for some hiking, um, beyond that, any fun trips? Uh, well, I'm still going to be doing this trip until probably December or so. Um, I, I'm not sure what i'm gonna do yet i'm kind of just playing that by ear i know i do want to end up settling down right now uh i'm 99 percent sure i'll be settling down in northern idaho um i absolutely adore it up there but uh for the next couple projects i'm, I'm juggling a bunch of different ideas i'm not not quite sure what it's going to be yet but i just want to close this trip out and enjoy it as much as possible before i start stressing myself out thinking about what i need to do next year but i've already got some ideas kicking about and some potential uh projects to work on That's awesome. Nate, thank you so much for your time today. No, my pleasure, my friend. Thank you for having me on. All right, everybody. That wraps up another episode of Eat, Drink, Social. If you have a story to share or know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us at www.ipgagency.com.